All right, and we're live. It's been a long time. Yeah. No, it's we had a conversation about this like last week, and we talked at a Chipotle like about just politics, <laughs> and then yeah. like it just became it was so natural, and it went on for so long. And one of our friends was like sitting right beside us, and he was like listening on, and I was like, we gotta actually start doing this conversation more often. And then I was like, the podcast has been defunct for so long, so why not just bring it back? And and Damien kind of was like. He was like, let's do it. Let's do it. So I think that it was it was a long time coming and we kind of just procrastinated so much. Like we said, we we're going to do it a while ago, but yeah. then an odd series of events made us um, come here. One of those being the Chipotle conversation, one of them being us finding ourselves next to one another outside of the school for a photo shoot and yeah. then having another conversation about, once again, economic theory and, and the things we used to discuss on the podcast. So you know, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Um, it's definitely been a while, and I'm pretty excited to talk about some of the stuff that has been happening, um, because right now is one of the most exciting periods, just because it began as mellow with the Biden administration, and then we're having some concrete stuff happening lately. So I think it's definitely worth talking about, especially with the Build Back Better plan um, going full underway here. Totally. And then it's also like a sharp contrast from where we started the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Like we started this podcast in a very pes pessimistic like zone, kind of in a very yeah. pessimistic area yeah. where we were like almost angry, almost angry all the time. And it, you know, I'm not saying that the Biden administration is doing everything right by any degree, but like no, no. me, I think me and you can both agree on that, even from our different political views that, that, you know, there's definitely things to be worked on, but it's such a sharp difference where I feel like we can kind of take a step back and not have to be criticizing all the time obviously there's going to be critiques here and there and, and there's going to be things to complain about but like it almost seems like we can have more fun on the podcast now yeah i, th I think i think so. i think now we're kind of seeing it really as more of a hobby than like a, a a means to express ourselves because beforehand i definitely just saw it as that i was like okay i gotta come on here i gotta say what i'm thinking in this hour time we almost wouldn't even let each other talk because like we both yeah. wanted to we both wanted to to get stuff off our chest mm -hmm. and um i think it's different now i think the vibe the energy is different now yeah no i definitely think so um and also one of the issues right now is not that we're like criticizing president biden but also people who are around him and kind of yeah. stalling progress like we're going to talk today about kristen cinema uh, kirsten cinema sorry and then senator joe manchin who are two people that have been very mad at lately um one more than the other but i'll talk about why that is in the podcast but i think the political landscape right now is one where we have a chance at progress, but that progress is being stalled by people who I don't necessarily agree with. But back when we began the podcast in, um, I want to say June, June 2nd of 2020, it, be it was this, yeah. you know, fire of rage every single time. Um, yeah. And this came from both of us. We had people on to express and share in that or to talk against that. So I think it was such a Trump-focused podcast and now I think there's just so much going on. And with social media banning Trump and, and moves like that, I think we can finally shift away from, from Donald Trump. It, and move It's like an us-focused podcast. Yeah. Like now it's, it's, it's about us. us. Podcast. Yeah. It, I think we, we have an opportunity here to strike a different kind of tone with this podcast and totally. use it as, as a place for, you know, conversations about, yes, politics, but also about us getting to know us better yeah yeah because getting to know, I don't know us if better. we've we've really expressed our personalities as more than just hotheads two hotheads talking about trump you know two two, so. two badass guys with some bomb political takes every time just coming on here and just like sharing them where it's it's more like almost like political you know when you know when presidents hop on like debates 
and it's like almost scripted to a certain degree obviously it's not scripted you can't really prepare for it but it almost sounds rehearsed i think what we were saying like a lot of the time beforehand was very rehearsed and was very like to the point and kind of uh trying to get this message across using almost like literary tactics to be able mm -hmm. to 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 get our our speeches across um and that's what it was it was almost like speeches uh but i mm -hmm. think now we can like take a moment and like kind of laugh and relax and enjoy it one thing you wanted to talk about chris and cinema and joe mansion which i definitely want to talk about but you know as the podcast progressed i also want to talk about um what's it called? squid have you seen squid games i haven't and here's the reason i why figured you haven't you're so busy here's yeah the reason why is because <laughs> if i watched it i would get addicted to it and then i would not do my work so yeah. I'm like, let's finish college applications, which we're both in the process of doing. We are. And then get to Squid Games. Yeah. I also heard the ending was pretty bad, so I didn't want to like, you know, spoil myself with it. But I have been watching a couple of shows that are kind of more relaxed shows because right okay. now I don't have the time to like binge anything. And yeah. I felt like Squid Games might just make me binge. I knocked out Squid Games in like a weekend. Just because oh it was like it was like a weekend. It was like kind of at night, like I was falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, almost like when when you read, you know, you you kind of read those books at night. But but we can talk about that because I don't know I don't know if you've heard the news around it, like where it's it was a critique of capitalism. Yeah, um, the yeah, director meant what, it to be a critique of capitalism. Mm -hmm. Like I know what the the plot kind of was because mm -hmm. there was this one show called Alice in Wonderland that was kind right. of a Korean drama that my sister made me watch a couple like months ago so i have an idea because it's very similar to squid games and so yeah. i have an idea of what happens in it but i'm not you know particularly familiar with what the critique was but then again a lot of films from foreign countries also end up being critiques of capitalism like mm -hmm. have you watched the movie oh my gosh i forgot what it's called i have it's not one... i'm gonna let you know i have not okay more than it's, more than likely it's I have a not. very popular movie it's um it's What's the it one about? uh it's about so it's this one family who is like a bunch of caretakers and they, um, it's a whole family of caretakers for this one, I believe it's Chinese family. Okay. Uh, and then they end up, I'm not going to spoil it here, but they end up doing something really bad in the end of the movie to the owners they, um, that employ them. And um, uh, I gotcha. It seems like a proletariat. No, it's, situation. I, I swear, I'm going to actually use, I swear I know what this is. You know what? You I'm can come on the next, you can search it up no, or you no, can no, come on the next episode and be like, Wait. I remember what it is. Oh, speaking of movies, this is, you see, this is why, like, I, I feel like there's no pressing issues that we have to get to. Obviously, there's big stuff going on, but did you hear what happened with Alec Baldwin? Oh, yeah. Did, did you hear, hear what That was crazy, man. Yeah, I felt so bad. I felt bad for both sides. Um, yeah. Just because, I mean, like, first of all, a gun should not be loaded, especially if it's a prop gun. Yeah. Um, at a you know, at, at, a, at a rehearsal or whatever that was. But, yeah, it was, a, I mean, it was he, a shoot, a movie shoot. Right, right. And he called the husband after, um, and he apologized profusely, and he was like, he's been pretty supportive. But I don't know I, I don't know who to blame or if there's anybody to blame here. You know? I don't think there – it's just one of those things. And, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever – well, you're not on TikTok too much, but, like, on social media and stuff, there's always these, like, videos of, like, freak accidents that result in someone's death. Like, I remember this video of, like, this guy walking down the street in an AC unit, like, falls on his head. He just dies. And this kind of, this is one of those moments that kind of, and it's like, I'm not someone that um, gets too shocked, but, like, does, doesn't get shocked a lot by, like, death factors and whatnot. Like, you can say whatever about about what that says about me, but 
this is one of those things where like when it's such an accident like you know you're just living your day-to-day life like the chances of that happening of of an actor that's been in a movie a thousand times of a director that's been you know directing movies for years of of, yeah. of a crew that's been working together of you dying in that way where it's like you're just doing your job and it's not a dangerous job it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like um like lumber workers um i was gonna say like police but being a police officer actually isn't that dangerous of a job unless you're not vaccinated welcome back to politity ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um but we can talk about that in a second but um but it's like it's one of those things where you're just doing you're just doing your life like you know you're just going on in your life and and out of nowhere like a freak accident and i can't imagine how alec baldwin feels because you must feel terrible i mean mean, but then again like why is the gun pointed at somebody like that's the question i have like a prop gun even if it's not a regular gun should not be pointed because yeah they're shooting the movie ability yeah but it why was it pointed at the person who was shooting the movie that's the issue. I mean, like, I don't know well, what I heard in the affidavit. The director yelled cold gun, cold, gun. Um, cold gun, which means like that. There's only uh, uh, what's it called? Blanks in the bullet or blanks oh. in the chamber. Well, so even if so there's a, blanks. Yeah, I heard yeah. What I heard on Twitter, which may not be accurate from somebody on Twitter, was that even blank guns, the padding inside of them, if it's fired within a close range, it can kill somebody. Yeah, but I don't think so. they fire it within a close range. I mean, apparently he fired it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't know what what the direct nature of it is, but like, obviously, it was an accident, and I think yeah. that that's yeah, the most yeah. shocking yeah, part yeah. about it. Like, it was, it was, it was an accident. It was something that totally wasn't supposed to happen. Um, but I mean, okay, let's let's roll the intro. We've been in this for ten minutes now. Let's Wait, roll the I rem- intro. I remember before Go we for do it. Before okay. I remember the uh, okay. name of that movie. <laughs> it was uh, it was Parasite. Have you Par- watched? I've not. Oh a, no. You should you should watch it because okay. there's one scene and I was reading about like the meaning of certain scenes in Parasite. One mm-hmm. of them is like this very low income family, those those um servant family. They were in their house and there's a flood that happens. Okay. And so like they're in the bottom, like their whole house is in the bottom of society. Like it's in the basement of one of the bigger apartments. And so it flooded them, but they were the only ones really affected by it, not the people yeah. who were above them, who obviously they represented the upper classes. And so they were like, when floods happen, kind of the Easter egg or whatever, the meaning here was that when floods happen or whatever bad catastrophes happen, it affects the people with the least resources. And so that was like, and there's tons of stuff like that in that movie. Um, But if you read into it, it's a very, you know, profound and it's, it's been pretty popular. Um, I think it won an Academy Award or an Emmy or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot of Easter eggs like that in there, but roll the intro. Yeah. Well, Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Politicine Podcast. My name is Damien Galvin, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Varun. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Varun Katafala. If you guys don't know, I am the co-host of this podcast with Damien. We are back. We're back. And um, we're back. Yeah, that's all I can say. Um, and I think the big, the first thing on my mind right now is, uh, have you read the Build Back Better plan that Biden's proposing I have, read it. I've, so, I have not. I've been so out of the news cycle, mm-hmm. um, but I think we're getting back into it. I've had such a desire before we get into it. I've had such yeah, a desire. Yeah. Like we, we were talking about it kind of a little bit before we, we went in with the intro, but mm-hmm. I've had such a desire to get back into the news cycle. And like, I've been reading so many books and whatnot about like political opinions, but no, tell me what the build back better plan is about. So it began as like this sweeping reform bill that was like $3.5 trillion in nature that Biden basically said would give free community college these big reforms. Mm -hmm. And now it's a bill that's $2 trillion. Um, And this is part of the budget reconciliation package, which means they only need 51 votes to um, pass it through, which means all the independents, all the Democrats, 
and then the one vote from Kamala Harris was was all they need. And some of the new reforms they have to appease Mansion and Cinema were they're having instead of full community college paid for, it's two years of community college being paid for by the government. If you want to go, um, they have some environmental reforms which now include some be benefits, incentives for companies that are going to switch towards renewables, and also there's tax credits for families for for childcare credits. So one of the issues, there's two issues right now happening, and they, they come from two people, um, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. First is Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin mm -hmm. is one of them that's more, it's not reasonable at all, but it's more understandable. Um, his state is a big oil state. As you guys know, West Virginia is a huge oil state. They have a bunch of coal and oil companies. And his issue with the um, $1 trillion almost environmental part of that package right now as it stands is that it's basically going to penalize um, companies that don't switch towards renewables in a certain span of time. And so Biden said, I'm going to roll that back and I'm going to keep the $750 trillion or whatever that's in there that gives incentives to companies that do. Um, and there's some reports that we'll talk about it that talk about the benefits of that. And remember, one thing is that Biden's ultimate goal, goal as a president is to decrease emissions by 50% by 2030. And this is the reason for it. Second issue, I'm going to briefly describe it. It's the bigger one and the less understandable one. Kirsten Cinema has said she's against any tax increase as part of that package for anybody. And Democrats proposed a 15% corporate tax, one that Trump proposed in 2018. Yeah. And Kirsten Cinema did what? She said 15% was too low of a tax. And now she's saying it's too high and she can't afford any tax increases for anybody. And that makes it extremely hard, number one, for Biden to propose and pass this plan. And she's also just, there's no reason for what she's doing. Uh, but yeah. those are the two big challenges and they're passing this bill very soon and a bunch of stuff. But what do you think, I, I think the question I have and it's been on my mind for a while is, what can we actually do? Because Cinema and Mansion seem to be against a lot of things, and Cinema seems there's no reproach for her. Like I don't yeah. know what we can do to appease Cinema. So I I think I think Cinema is the more interesting figure out of the two, and I'm gonna explain why. You mentioned I thought that you were gonna go on this tangent a little bit, but but you mentioned that that West Virginia is um is an oil state. Well, West West Virginia is also very red in nature, right? It's not like one of these states that's like kind of a flip state. So a lot of people say that you know if if Joe Manchin were to were to be any more left, that he would lose his seat. Um, and then the other thing is, if Joe Manchin were to be a Republican, he wouldn't win his seat. He's in this very tight spot as a politician, trying to be, you know, in the individualistic nature of American politics, um, trying to maintain his seat. And that's what he's doing. He's trying to maintain his political power, which to a certain degree, it's not acceptable. I don't think, I think you should always do what you believe, um, or not even what you believe, but what your what your constituents want. And it's obvious that constituents want this $3.5 trillion plan. And also on a side note, it's $3.5 trillion over 10 years. Um, that's mm -hmm. something that never yeah. gets mentioned. Um, it's $3.5 trillion over 10 years. But yeah, so Joe Manchin's kind of kind of saving his political career. Kristen Cinema on the other side is drowning her political career. Arizona is a state that is becoming more and more blue, and her own state voted uh, no confidence. I think that's what it's called in her in her doing the right thing. I mean, she's kind of committing political suicide in in the greatest sense. Where where Joe Manchin's playing politics like politics is supposed to be played, baby. Like he's yeah. doing. He's yeah. doing his job. He's he's being that 50th vote. I mean, his name is in our mouth right now. Kristen Sinema, on the other hand, barely beat an incumbent Republican. Um, her state is now going against her. You you asked me to get back to your question. You asked me what can we do. I think we have to we have to 
whip Christian cinema. And to a certain yeah. degree, we have to whip Joe Manchin. And I don't mean whip for those that, you know, listen to the podcast aren't as politically. I don't mean like actually grab a whip and, and whip them. I mean whip in the political sense where it's you take them off committees, you take away their political power, you punish them inside of their congressional committees, um, you take them out of the news cycle, you make their constituents to a certain degree hurt so that they can push her. I don't know if you've seen the videos of have you seen the videos of like people following yeah. Christian Cinema into restrooms oh, yeah. and stuff? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. But you that's what you do. You gotta I mean the people of Arizona are doing the right thing. Now it's up to the Democratic Party to whip her into form. And and get her to start voting because she's very odd, and I don't I don't know. I mean, she has time to fight for her seat, but right now, if there were to be an election, she would she would get primary. I don't know if she wants to fight for her seat actually, because I think that John Favreau on Pod Save America mentioned this on my way back from work, but he mentioned she might want to begin a career as a lobbyist. Yeah, that's I've heard that too. She's not going to win her seat. Like no matter how you look at it, she's not going to win in Arizona. Come you know, her election. So I think that for Manchin, obviously, you're 100% right. It's a political save. But for yeah. Kirsten Cinema, she's getting hated on by virtually everybody. And there's no rhyme, reason, or tactic to what she's doing. It, it just seems very random. Um, and as much as I don't like Manchin, I more strongly dislike, you know, Kirsten Cinema. I don't, yeah, I don't understand it. Um, but I think that you're right about the whipping part of it, getting them back into line. But also it's about, you know, President Biden going out and, and speaking out against it, which is not characteristic of Biden. Um, like he's on the town hall yesterday, which I think he did a great job at. Uh, he was talking about Kirsten Cinema, and they asked him, uh, Anderson Cooper asked him, he was like, what do you think of Kirsten Cinema? And what do you think of her, her reasoning behind what she's doing? And he said, you know, she's a strong and brave woman, but she has one grievance, which we'll get through. But I think... If he can be more strong on Kirsten Cinema, it could work out either way. But right now, compromise is not working. And that's Biden's entire brand. So I think trying something new would be a look for the better. Because one of the issues is Biden has not, you know, statistically done too much in his presidency for the positive. Because he promised sweeping things and he's done nothing. But the infrastructure bill is one of them. And the Build Back Better plan will be a second big major thing if it passes. And I think that for it to pass, there has to be a different approach. Like compromise is not working. And and one of the issues with Biden is because Biden's an old Democrat. Like he's not somebody who understands the current political landscape in that he he's thinking of it like it was 50, 60 years ago where there was compromise to be attained. There was something which you could really lobby or or you know talk to people about and have meetings about. Right now, every Republican is going to be unanimously against every decision you take, no matter what that decision yeah. is or how much support it gets. And now even Democrats like Manchin and Cinema won't be for it. So yeah. compromise has no place in 21st century American politics, I don't think. Yeah, I think that one thing that President Donald Trump did really effectively, I'm not going to say that he did it right, but he did it very effectively, was that use of the bully pulpit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it was, it was, and it, he did it so effectively that to this day, if you do not have his endorsement as a Republican candidate, you will lose your seat. I mean, this is there's no presidential candidate th or, or that I can think of in, in recent history that has the type of political pool. I mean, you know, I remember Joe Biden saying in one of the debates, um, your uh, Donald Trump was like, well, your party, blah, blah, blah. And Joe Biden said, this is my party. I, I don't think that it is Joe Biden's party to the same extent that it is that the Republican Party is Donald Trump's party. I mean, 
Joe Biden has not been using the bully pulpit. Now, something that we can't see and, and something where maybe we could give Joe Biden credit, we're, we're not giving him credit because we can't see it, is his negotiating behind closed doors. Because I, I have heard that he has been doing that very effectively with both Republicans and Democrats, something that on the other side, Trump did not do. Trump did not invite Republicans to the White House to talk to them behind closed doors. Everything was public. So I think finding maybe a mix of both um, could be a good idea. I, I could see Joe Biden doing something because this is, again, like you said, he's an old politician. I could see him doing something where he's like um, kind of, you know, in the public being like, you know, Christian Sinema is a strong woman. We just have one grievance. And then behind closed doors saying, you know, hey, hey, you know, Sinema, if, if you're not going to pull your act together, the next time I go on TV, I'm not going to say something nice about you. Because I have seen her yeah. attitude slightly change. Um, I have seen her begin to compromise a little bit more. One thing that I haven't seen change or fixed is her dress, her sense of her sense yeah. of style. <laughs> yeah. no, she's, she's I, odd in that, in that I have she has maybe the worst political drip that I've like ever seen. I feel like she's trying to be a leftist. Um like in her style, but she just has no swag. Like she has no clothing game. Yeah. No, I th I think so too. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think that after a certain point, compromise becomes something that's kind of in vain. Um, yeah. and, and Biden has been doing it. And one of the things with Biden is he's not, you know, necessarily going to public with everything he does behind closed doors. Like he's not talking about everything he does behind closed doors because it's kind of the person he is. Um, he wants to create change behind, you know, in meetings in Washington and Zoom calls, which like he's been doing lately. So I think that he's doing some stuff and people don't give him credit for it. But then again, nobody's going to look at the stuff he's doing behind closed doors unless you're an avid reader of the New York Times or some like online news site. You're not going to care yeah, about yeah. that. What matters to people is tangible changes. And, and one of the issues with the current Build Back Better plan is that it has so much material, which has to be there because of, once again, the fact that it's a budget reconciliation bill, which means we only need 51 votes and not the majority. It's filibuster proof, so it can pass. But the only issue right now is... How are we going to sell a bill that has so many small facets? Like, it's like if you had one, one, for example, if it's a climate bill, it's easy to sell, right? Yeah. But this has so many facets. And one of the issues I think Democrats did um, is with the infrastructure bill, they named it the infrastructure bill and, and said everything's infrastructure, like childcare, all these things were infrastructure, which made it hard for Americans to define what that actually was. Ooh. And he, they couldn't sell it as well because there was so much stuff bundled in this one obscure term yeah. called infrastructure. I, so. I think I think something interesting that I've heard um, some people propose is this idea that I don't I don't think that they're trying to sell this infrastructure bill to the American public. I think that the American public understands that that um, that change needs to happen. Um, but what I've heard that they're doing is like a lot of these prepositions are only being funded for four years. So you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but universal um, pre-K is only funded for four years. So mm -hmm. what Democrats are going to do is they're going to kind of do what the Republicans have been doing for the past 30 years, which I say, hey, it's about it's about damn time. And they're going to say, well, if you guys don't vote for us, we're going to the Republicans are going to take away your universal pre-K and the Republicans are going to take away this. The same thing that Republicans have been saying about Democrats. Well, hey, if you guys don't vote for us, then Democrats are going to take away your guns. They're going to kill babies. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Um so I think that it is smart politically, but I, it's it's interesting because 
I think that Joe Biden's banking on the fact that this is something early in his presidency with respect to the next four years. Therefore, he just gets it passed in Congress now. The American people don't really pay attention to it. But come next election cycle, that's when all this stuff becomes very important. Hey, remember what I did in my first year as president? Now you're going to see Republicans take that away. Now you're going to see, you know, your universal pre-K, which I think universal pre-K is one of the interesting ones because it's it's like not it's not something that you get every year. Your kid kind of goes into pre-K and then comes out. Um, so that's one of the interesting ones. I don't know how politically effective that'll be. But but yeah, I think that you have to sell it to Christian cinema and Joe, Joe Manchin, unfortunately, um, more so than the American people at this point, because I think the American people support it. I think that they support it more than than our military spending, um, to be honest. Um, but one thing that I keep seeing come back into question is defunding the police. Um, and I, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Have you seen what like the number one cause of death for police officers in 2020 was? It was COVID-19. Oh. It's COVID-19. Um, and so I've seen a lot of um, leftist commentators talk about this. But essentially, it's like, being a police officer is the number 22 most dangerous job in the United States. So it's like all all this kind of like propaganda that was being used against you. I remember the ad. I don't know if you remember it. It's like this ad where they call 911 and it's like, um, I think the, the storyline is someone had just been raped and they're calling the police and then it goes straight to voicemail and they're like, due to Joe Biden defunding the police, you know, you there's no one to answer your call right now. Press one to report a rape and we'll get back to you as soon as possible or whatever. And, um, you know, like this big idea, this big back the blue. And now we're seeing vaccine mandates and Joe Biden did mock you know, police officers in that town hall that we were talking about did mock police officers who are refusing to get their COVID vaccine. But I think that it's, it's like if a police officer went on to, you know, went into duty without a bulletproof vest yeah. or without a gun, yeah. it's like, this is literally the number one cause of death among police officers. Yeah. It's not gunfire. It's not, you know, it's not car accidents. We don't need safer cars. We don't need better bulletproof vests. We just need vaccines, which we have. So it's kind of ridiculous that we we see all these other things as necessities, these tanks, these big armored vehicles, these big assault rifles. But something as simple as a vaccine, police officers are resigning over. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but they're, I mean, they're like, they're mm-hmm. such drama kids. But go ahead. I mean... NBA players are resigning over the, not resigning, but oh, losing yeah. money over the stuff. Because, I mean, Kyrie Irving, he became yeah. a conservative, you know, angel boy after he declined the vaccine. And people have been drawn into line. Like, the NBA had a mandate for vaccines and, um, you know, not a mandate, but I think that a lot of arenas had mandates. And that's why Andrew Wiggins, who in California, you can't play basketball in a stadium or be in a stadium as a commentator or spectator without a vaccine. And so he yeah. couldn't play home games. And after a lot of negotiation, he was able to get a vaccine, albeit, you know, reluctantly. But if you look at Kyrie Irving, um, the fact that people like, you know, Charlie Kirk and these conservative commentators are supporting him is odd because if you look at Kyrie's track record, he's the biggest Black Lives Matter supporter in like the history of, of them. He's big on police brutality. He's He took a leave, I think last year, from basketball because of, of Black Lives Matter and the, and the issues that were happening. He's one of those people who's not a favorite of Republicans or who does not favor the party. Um, but I think that he's been a contrarian for a long time. 
And so yeah. people like that, like he's been, I mean, he's a flat earther. Um, he won't get a vaccine and he calls it religious, but you know, there's nothing in Islam that says not to get vaccines. So I, I don't know. I think oh, is he Muslim? Islam. Yeah, he's Islam. I think he's I don't Muslim. Know. He, I didn't he, know he was converted. Muslim. He converted. Um, oh, that's he's under the nation of Islam, but yeah, it's, I think it's more of a, um, I don't know what to call it. Like a more, I don't know. That's what uh, Muhammad Ali and them practiced. Nation of Islam. It's oh, like I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, it's more like yeah. I understand it. But what I was gonna say is that isn't it interesting how when it's Black Lives Matter, it's shut up and dribble. But when you have an athlete that's against the vaccine, that's all the Republican commentators talk about. They're like, look at this athlete standing up for what he believes in. But when he stands up for what he believes in, but it goes against your views, you tell him to shut up and dribble. I don't hear any leftists saying shut up and dribble you know i don't i don't hear any any liberals saying shut up and dribble what liberals are saying is you're stupid and here are the points that show that you know over the past couple of months 99 percent of covid related deaths have been from unvaccinated people we used statistics in facts ironically you know ben shapiro is one of these commentators that says shut up and dribble he's also um you know uh famous for saying facts don't care about your feelings but yet he seems to use his feelings a lot when it comes to athletes specifically black athletes voicing their opinion on black issues but yet when it's something that he aligns with it's the other way around it's you know oh we should be listening more to this guy yeah no, I, I think so as well. Um, and one of the big issues is that you have to believe in something so much to lose like hundreds of thousands of dollars in your contract and yeah. not give your team a chance in the playoffs because they've lost, they're like 0-2 right now, the Nets, I forget. But they've lost a bunch of games. And yeah. the reason why is because Kyrie has not played a single game and he won't play a game all season because the Nets made a decision and um, this didn't have to be made. But Steve Nash and the Nets and their GM... They said, you're not playing a game, even though some games you're eligible for, because not all arenas have the mandate. Yeah. But they said, you're not playing a game because you're in it all, in it for all the games, or not in it for any of them. If you're not going to be committed to this team, you can't play for us. And I think more than anything, that speaks to the power of conspiracies. Because if you believe so much in a conspiracy that you're willing to risk your entire career for that, that speaks to the power of what those conspiracies actually are. Um, mm -hmm. And then talk about COVID deaths. A lot of people are... Um, are talking about Colin Powell, which rest in peace to him. He was a, I want to say an American hero uh, for what he did with George W. Bush and after that. But I think that one of the issues with that was it wasn't a regular COVID death. Um, this was a COVID exacerbated death that also resulted from him having cancer, a bad form of cancer. And so while he had a vaccine and he died, you know, passed away from COVID, I think there's a lot of different factors that Americans aren't considering that also contributed to, you know, how he died and the way he died. Yeah. And people are just saying, oh, there's the evidence of, of the vaccine not working. But really, it's not that simple. Yeah, no, it, it's it's not that simple. And then, I mean, it, it's just like, it's anecdotal. You know, it's anecdotal in nature. Um, I was, there was this video the other day that I was watching on astrology. Mm -hmm. And this girl was like, you might have empirical evidence, but we have anecdotal evidence. It's like, isn't it usually? And I feel like that's how Republicans are most of the time. The, oh she was God. on the side of astrology. It was astrologies versus uh, astrology versus astronomers. And she was like, you know, we have anecdotal evidence. And that's kind of what I feel the Republican Party does a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, police brutality is real. What about all the black people cops didn't kill? What about what about that? Let's look at that statistically, right? 
Um, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. And it's crazy because we, we, um, I think we left the podcast almost like praying for, a, you know, last time we were consistent about the podcast, we were like kind of praying for a vaccine. I don't even know if we were vaccinated, like the last time we were consistently uploading, oh, but like consistently. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Consistently uploading. I don't know if we were even vaccinated. Um, but like now we're kind of just like, it, we're almost in the same spot to a certain degree. Um, one yeah. thing that I think, I think was kind of good though, is I, I don't, you remember like the Delta variant? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the Delta variant was really scary. And it was kind of something that was, like, stepping on our heels. And we almost lost all our progress. I, I remember in our county, like, COVID cases were spiking back up to 400 a day, which is crazy. Like, it wasn't even that bad during the pandemic. Yeah. But now it's at, like, 38, 36 a day. It kind of dropped back down. Um, yeah. And I think that it's good. It goes to show that that now, really, this is just kind of a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Um this is a pandemic of people that just refuse to get the vaccine. I think that it's good that other variants aren't, aren't spreading. Um, but ultimately we could have this under control so much better than we do. Um, but it's, it's because of hogs. And I use this word a lot. It's because of hogs like Tucker Carlson, who ironically is vaccinated, like Steven Crowder, who refuses to comment on his vaccine status, which why would you refuse to comment on your vaccine status? If you're, you're not vaccinated. vaccinated if you're not vaccinated then you just be like oh i'm not vaccinated that's why oh, i say all this right. crap about the you're vaccines right. yep, yep. and ben shapiro does the same thing ben shapiro but actually no ben shapiro has said that he's vaccinated ben shapiro is vaccinated ben shapiro says um he says he's vaccinated he shows evidence that the vaccine works and then he says but if you don't want to get vaccinated ultimately that's your decision and you have a right to do that in the united states of america and it's like really 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 stupid um and then and then Trump comes out to a rally. I forgot where it was, but he says, you know, they don't you don't worry about getting a vaccine. Do it like he's like he promoted yeah. it, right? Yeah, and, and then they all boot him. And yeah. then I I was like, that's the one time because the party, like you said, is kind of a Trump party, and this is the one yeah. time they broke ties with him. Which it makes sense for Trump to say that because half of the vaccine was him. You know, it yeah. it, it was the uh, well, I forgot what it was called, but his plan to have the vaccine out did work, and I'll give him credit for that. But I think that yep. people are, for, for no reason, it seems, I think it's just because Democrats are, are for getting vaccines. So as a contrapositive, they had to say they're not getting vaccines. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, well, there's nothing more to it. In it's my not even, I don't think that it's Democrats are for getting vaccines more so than it was that Republicans were against it. Like if both parties had always been for getting vaccines, then people wouldn't boo Donald Trump. But since the Republican Party initially took the stance that they were against getting vaccines and Donald Trump's kind of walking, he was kind of walking that back a little bit. Um, that's why they booed him because yeah, he's I mean, going against what he is saying. It's not, you can't be, it's, you can't be for getting a vaccine when it's, you can't be for the right thing. Yeah, It's just yeah, that someone's I mean, like, for the wrong thing. But then again, everything's a political issue in the 21st century. Like nothing can be like just common facts. Yeah. And then if you look at Trump, um, you know, earlier he's been communicating with supporters via email uh, with his Trump emails, which I get long story. I'll tell you about that another day. But the email said, and I'm reading it from my computer with the email I did get, it says, wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, even if, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, 
But anyway, may he rest in peace. So that was released 24 hours after Colin Powell's death. And yeah. like it's what I what I'm struggling to confront here is there's no low for this guy. Like, he just keeps going lower. Like, how do you insult somebody after their death? Even after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, he was saying nice things about her. But when Colin Powell dies, he calls him a, a rhino. Like, I don't, I mean, morally, it, it just feels wrong. Even if it was, you know, Trump who passed away. I would never say those kinds of things. Yeah, I would. Like, I, I would. think, I would. I don't think, I don't think in a press release, maybe, maybe to a, in a conversation with one no. person. And first I would. of all, I, I'd drop a whole know, what, press what release is, shitting on Donald Trump if he died. All right. Well, that's you. Well, well me, I, yeah, I feel like that is me. All right. Well, I just feel like it's ethically <laughs> wrong to somebody dies, like to say bad things the 24 hours after it happens. Maybe a couple years yeah. later, just say he's no, a bad president. Years, but yeah, like if you're saying like it's bad to say rest in peace to all your thousands of rowdy supporters who believe whatever the hell you say, like it's it's very bad, in my opinion. Well, I, I think it's I think it's a little bit different because like you know, it's 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 different. It's difficult because Colin Powell, to a certain degree, I, I don't think that he was a. I mean, you know, may he rest in, in peace, whatever. I don't think that he was a. He was still an imperialist. He he goes against what I thought, but I, he's not Rush Limbaugh. He wasn't Rush Limbaugh. He was the opposite of Rush Limbaugh. I mean, he, was, he was exactly, the, and that's the thing. Like very, Rush yeah. Limbaugh, the day the day he died, I said rest in piss. Because Rush Limbaugh was racist, no, Rush Limbaugh racist. was terrible, Rush Limbaugh harmed individuals. If you are listening to this podcast and your grandparents recite racist things, they probably came from Rush Limbaugh. If your parents have like terrible political views that are imperialist and, and anti-vax and all of this, the basis probably came from Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is like Steven, or like Steven Crowder, Ben Shapiro. It's like he collected all the racist stones in the Infinity Gauntlet. And just you know like snapped like that was rush limbaugh so that's someone that can rest and piss um and i think that to a certain degree donald trump i think honestly rush limbaugh is worse than donald trump um but donald trump to the same degree i wouldn't be i would not be saying nice things um after he died um but it's one yeah. thing to be a political figure i'm not i'm not the president of the united states i don't have a whole um i don't have half the country less than half the country obviously i don't have half the country on my side so like why would i why would i even concern myself with it um or sorry why would i even worry about it like i'm a i'm a political commentator that does switch streams and a podcast who cares what i say about something i'm here to express my opinions donald trump is representing and has massive influence over half the american people so that's why you get what you get what i'm saying like it's different when i say it yeah than it is when the president of the United States say, says it. And I think that's something that people really struggle to understand throughout the pandemic and throughout Donald Trump's presidency. People would be like, well, you know, um, it's just, you know, he's just speaking his mind. He's just saying what he's, you know, what he's feeling. But you can't just say what you're feeling. You can't just speak your mind when you're the president of the United States. You represent a whole country. You got to be political to a certain degree. I don't have to be political. I'm not running for office. I wouldn't on a stage say rest and piss Rush Limbaugh if I was running for president. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at um, Trump communicating on social media, one of the issues that we're now talking about on the news sites is that he's beginning his own social media site. That's mm -hmm. goofily called Truth Social. 
Um, and that's like, it's like, there's like a truth feed, like a Twitter feed, truths, which are tweets, and then retruths. So it's very corny um, in name. And then about that. It's, it's really corny because Trump can't communicate anywhere outside of press it releases so and emails. Corny. It it's sounds very like, corny. You know how we do it mock gets, trial? It gets worse, I promise. Let me just, here, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know how we do, we, we do mock trial and like they come out with like these like mock companies where it's like fake companies, yeah. obviously, so yeah. they don't get, it yeah. sounds like one of those. It sounds so, like, it's, it sounds like a fake company. Speaking of fake companies. Okay. They didn't even copy just the name truth, like retruths and stuff like that. They copied code from a site called Mastodon. And right okay. when they released, they're under a 30-day notice to like change their Cease code or oh, okay. Mastodon, some open source um, social media site. Oh, but okay, okay, okay. They, they basically are on a 30-day order from somebody, some court, to change their code or they get shut down, basically. Um, and then the other big thing that happened with this stock was that if you know what a special acquisition company is, which is like one stock company that is can merge with another company that's going to release its products to become yeah. an IPO, which is an initially pub, initial public offer um, on the stock market. So it's like they can just combine with them. Trump wants to IPO his Truth Social with this thing called DWAC. Um, it's like Digital World Acquisition Corporation. And so at one o'clock a.m. after the stock or not the stock, the the merger was released. I I said to my you know finance group chat, I was like. This thing's going to go up. It's going to skyrocket because the name Trump's attached to social. And, you know, you know it. Now it's up 800% from its original spot. It was at $10, and now it's at $94, and it went down because of the news about Mastodon. But it was at $157 this morning. So yeah. that's it shows you how much the Trump name can impact things. Because it even in the stock market, yeah. like 157 for a stock that's worth literally nothing right now is insane. It's insane. Yeah, so, it also shows you know. how 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 BS the stock market yeah, is. Yeah, it's very BS. and how fake the <laughs> stock market is. But but that's another conversation for another day. I think that that's you know to a certain degree. Um, I just I just don't I just don't know anymore. Like I don't know what to say. Kind of about all these different things that are happening with respect to like rep like it almost seems cartoonish. Like, it almost seems unreal to a certain degree. Like, yeah. there's no way. And I think the person that does this the best, oh, my gosh, you're going to have to help me here. What's his name? Um, He worked for The Daily Show. He was a constituent. He's the one that always goes oh out my. and does the – he goes to the <sighs> rallies. Um, uh, John, John Stewart. I know it's John's, it, I don't, John Stewart. Is it John Stewart? I'm pretty is sure that his name? The white guy, right? The white guy. Yeah, the, he's the white guy. He's, he's tall. The, he's a legend in late night shows. Yeah, John Stewart. No, 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 no. He did not not used to be the producer of the of the Daily Show. He used to be a correspondent for the Daily Show. He's the one that goes out. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that used to go out. Oh my God, hold on. Correspondence for Daily Show. Yeah, John Stewart was a legend. He was a legend. Hold on. But... Uh, it's it's uh. Oh my God, it's the tall white guy with the middle part. Ah, I can send you. No hold idea. on, I can send you a picture on no on Discord. Idea. Let me let me see if I can All try right, to send we're you. We're gonna a figure this out, guys. It's yeah. Awesome. Oh my God! There's no way he's the one that that went to the rally and the guy was talking about like, oh, are, are you gonna get vaccinated? Oh, because oh my God, I'm searching up Daily Show cast. He's, he's like, I oh I wouldn't get vaccinated. Right, uh, do you remember the quote? No, I I don't remember the quote, but 
Okay, we got this. We got this. Wait, got this, I got, got the this, cast got up. Right Jordan, now. Jordan Klepper, Jordan Klepper. Let's go, Jordan Klepper. Okay, we got it. Yes, I think Jordan Klepper. I, you know what's surprising? I still remember where I was going with this point. I think Jordan Klepper is the perfect like demonstrates this perfectly whenever he releases any content of like how far gone these individuals on the Republican Party are. Like it's. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And we're here a year later. And I don't, I mean, me and you have only been political, like actually, actually political for a year now. But I don't think that there's any way that this is how politics have been. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, And, you know, like I said before, like the polarization right now is like literally unheard of. Like we talk about polarization under Obama, which it was there, but right now it's like, there's no Republicans who can switch at all. And it's even hard for us to keep our own party in tune, which just shows it's just very hard for anybody to you know, speak or think with their own conscience in today's society in the Senate or the Congress, because there's so much political pressure from both the right wing, the Trump supporters and the left wing, too, because progressives do want more stuff to happen. And that's also pressure. So I think it's from both sides. And there's no, you know, thinking on your own for, for a lot of these people. Um, what do you think is going to happen in? 2024 2024 it's it's hard to say yeah it's really hard to say our first prediction this is our first prediction i mean trump i mean that's the first thing like there's a high possibility of trump running again you think ron DeSantis gonna put up a fight if if trump puts his name on the ballot ron DeSantis would not dare put up a fight he would run his vp maybe but there's no way like if you have a trump DeSantis thing trump would destroy DeSantis. Like, yeah, and it, because even two years later, when he lost social media, Trump is still bringing big crowds to his rallies. Mm-hmm. And well, even I, when his ratings were like, what, below 50 percent, but like 43 percent or something like that, he still was within 40,000 votes of Biden. Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, I think I, I think that. You can have you might have Trump on the ballot again in, in 2024, but. You know, say what you want about the Build Back Better plan not getting passed. Say what you want about, you know, maybe maybe the the Biden administration not being as effective as we wished it would have been in, in certain capacities. But I think the one thing that the Democratic Party cannot let slip, ironically, for the soul of America, as Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden always ran. Jack, we're going to restore the soul of America. You know, yeah. that's always that's always what he ran on. If we really want to make sure that the soul of America and what America has stood for and that the people are being, we have to be careful with, with what happens with voting rights. I think that it's, that it's an issue right now that is being underlooked. I know that Senator Warnock, um, I think it's called the freedom act. If I'm not mistaken, um, people act, was that it or the freedom? Act? No, I think, I think he just, they just, they just announced one. Um, there was one that was denied a couple of weeks ago or months ago. Yeah. That that was was for the people. For the people. And and Freedom that acts. one makes me mad because it only took 51 votes. And it was just like, it was just like a hard deal. Because voting rights is one thing Democrats were going to strike the filibuster for. And that was yeah. what Biden was going to strike the filibuster for. That and climate change were the break the glass issues for him. Yeah, it's um, called Freedom to Vote Act. Freedom to Vote. Okay, it's, so yeah, I, it's, I think, it's proposed by Senator Warnock. I think the only way to fix these things is with the filibuster being abolished, which takes 51 votes which takes mansion and which takes cinema, which will not vote for the filibuster being repealed. So unless they're taken out of their seats, we can't do that. I think that's what I came to. 
So I'm going to I'm going to say this and then I want to hear your opinion on what Joe Biden said about the filibuster during his town yeah, hall. Yeah. Um, I think that if we whip Chris and cinema enough, yeah. um, then we can get the filibuster. I mean, but we got to whip her. I don't think it's going to happen in a year. I don't think it's going to happen, but I could see it in 20, uh, early 2023, late 2022, where she's been whipped so much. I mean, you have like, I think, listen, this is my prediction right now. What's her name? Oh my God. Nancy Pelosi is the most powerful Democrat in, in Congress and, you know, in, in either house. Um, and I think it's been that way for a, for a long time because she's had the power to whip. She's a killer fundraiser for the Democratic Party. But behind closed doors, I mean, she's just mean. Like, she is mean. And she's she's a boss. I think what's more scary than being a boss behind closed doors is what AOC can be. And you might not like this, but AOC has a public appeal with the youth that is dangerous to Republican ideals. Um, she can easily create her own bully pulpit as a representative, which is something that is rarely ever heard of. I mean, she's not, she's not a Senator. She's a representative and she could easily come on and by herself in two or two to three years time, depending on how she maintains relevancy in the news cycle and what she does between now and then she could be the determining factor as to whether you win your seat or not. Like her endorsement could be very heavy in a couple years. And if she manages to whip Kristen Cinema right into position, we could have the filibuster, you know, uh, changed. But I, I don't know. It, it's one of those difficult yeah. things. Now, what, what do you think about Joe Biden? Joe Biden said that he, he wanted to go back to the old filibuster? No, that was he, his preposition? So he, after he said that, he was talking about, like, changing it to the talking filibuster. Yeah. And then Cooper was like, I believe Anderson Cooper somebody said, uh, he was saying, like, what do you mean by that? And he said... Well, any shift means like abolishing it. Like, I think that's, I don't know I don't, what his exact words were, but he was talking about abolishing it. Um, but I can look up the quote he has because I want to make sure I'm getting this right. But I'm pretty yeah. sure. So, Do you remember what the old filibuster was? Because that was, was that would be filibuster. really funny. Yeah, the where they just filibuster. talk as long yeah, as yeah, they yeah, can. Yeah, that's the one. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, remember like, I don't know if, if you remember studying about this, but like people would literally like grab a curtain and just piss on the chamber, like piss inside of the chambers of Congress, like like giving their speech because they couldn't hold it. Like if you leave the floor, your time's done. Like you you can't leave. You have to talk for as long as you can continuously. And once you yeah. leave, it's over. So people would like be like drinking gallons of coffee to stay awake, yeah. and like they'd be peeing like on the floor. Um, it would be just to make they would, well, yeah, they, they pee. They could leave well, the floor. They could leave for peeing. They could? Okay, one of the... That's one thing, because I know Bernie, dude, Bernie was the god at talking filibuster. Was he? He was insane. <laughs> like, I, I don't it. know how he talked for so long. There were some times where they talked about random stuff. Like, most of the yeah, time... Yeah, that's what they do. That's After after a couple of hours, yeah. they just start talking about, like, really that's, weird things. That's so funny. And then, yeah. they'll, they'll do it. Those Republicans will still do it. Like, I don't care. Like, even if you have that filibuster. But then, if you look at... I'm reading the transcript right now from Biden's White House page. Mr. Cooper, Anderson Cooper says, but... Are you saying once you get this current agenda passed on spending and social programs that you will be open to fundamentally altering the filibuster or, and the president said, I am open to, and Cooper juts in, doing away with it, question mark, and Biden says, fundamentally altering, and then Cooper says, or doing away with it, question mark, 
Well, that and Biden says, last one. Well, that remains to be seen exactly what that means in terms of fundamentally altering it, whether or not we just end the filibuster straight up. So he's open to the idea of ending it. Yeah. But even, I mean, there's two takes to this. You can take it like Biden's not doing what he needs to be doing. He should be advocating for ending it. The second take is Biden's a very strict line, hard line, constitutionalist, you, you know, uh, traditionalist person. So I think even this is big because back in the campaign, he was like, no, no um, negotiation. I'm not going to get get rid of the filibuster. But now he's saying I'm open to it. So being open for Biden means maybe a couple of months he'd be for it. So I think it's yeah. progress to be made. But you got to remember, Biden's a very, very, you know, traditionalist, you know, uh, I don't know what to call it, but he's very to the books. So him yeah. even saying this is so, so, so much progressive for him. Um, and I think putting it into perspective can help out when you're looking at what he's saying. And I, I think AOC is a good point uh, because she can become that kind of a figure and she's been positioning herself to become that kind of figure. But as of now, the only person with the absolute power to whip people is Joe Biden. And, and that's Nancy. Nancy. And Nancy. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi and, Nancy and Joe Pelosi. Biden. And Kamala Harris can maybe. But then no. them two have the main. She wants so. it. There's some time she's shown something but then again she's very publicly not she's been like, out of the spotlight recently yeah she's been she's been and she's doing stuff behind the doors but nobody's talking about kamala harris like it's been very yeah, she, that's i mean i think the most popular or the most in the spotlight vp was biden under Obama. yeah he was very yeah. in the spotlight was, yeah and well, cheney and took oh, cheney yeah. under bush he was the president he was the president um but, but Obama gave Biden stuff to do. Well, I think, yeah. you know, that, and he gave speeches, he gave town halls. He's a reactive, so that's one thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, Joe Biden can set himself. I, you know, it did. I'm, I'm, I was starting to think about early 2016, or, you know, early 2017, kind of when, when, um, when Donald Trump had first entered office. Um, it took him a while to kind of get the get the power that he did um i think that the first time that that he he kind of got that power that that figure where this was his party was when we saw ted cruz um kind of kind of endorse him we saw the party slowly switch to like realizing how much they needed him um so i think that maybe maybe that that, that can be something that happens with joe biden that as the years kind of progress um, as his presidency progresses, that eventually he does he does kind of become um, become Trump in the sense that he kind of gets that get gets that political power, gets that political pool. Um, I think that the Democratic Party is one that's a little bit more competitive, though, uh, just because of the nature of being a Democrat, just because it is ultimately like more there's more there's more kind of 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 check boxes which at a, at times is a good thing at a times is a bad thing where whereas republican it's just like and you know people are gonna get pissed at me for saying this but like be be semi-racist be pro-capitalist and just shit on liberals and that's all it takes to be a republican whereas democrats can be like uh you can be a pro-capitalist democrat or you can be like me you can be an anti-capitalist democrat which is like in itself just a fundamental issue that like varies so much um you can be a democrat that is pro lgbtqia you can also be a democrat that's kind of transphobic or very transphobic for that degree um whereas like the republican party is just like yeah we don't like gay people. Yeah, we don't really like black it's, people. It's we don't like immigrants. Sometimes. It's a cult. 
Like I've, I've yeah. experienced that. Like it's, and you're right because like I, I sometimes before, like a couple of years ago, I used to walk into places and be like, you know, what are people going to think if I have like a Biden Harris hat on, you know, cause it yeah. would be, in Georgia place we live in, it's very toxic if you're a Biden supporter. Um, like my dad, when I got him a Biden Harris sticker for his car, he was like, what if I get key tomorrow? And it hasn't happened yet. Hopefully not. It's not going to happen. Does he still have um, it on? It was on until he got his new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I figured. He got a new car. Uh, but he was on for a couple of years. a nice car. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a, it's a very big cult. And I think Democrats are not as exclusionary as Republicans are. Because if yeah. you don't, like, if you're a pro-LGBTQ Republican, which Trump has claimed to be, but he's not really pro-LGBTQ, you might even get, you know, like, I don't know what the word is. But excluded from your own party because you have one thing in similarity with Democrats. Yeah. So it's kind of a very like strict party in that regard, and it's very different in that they're they're whipped yeah. by being Republicans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. by being a Republican, yeah. you are whipped. Um, whereas like by being a Democrat, you have more space. Like you know, you the party will. doesn't. Yeah. You you have more free will. Um, once you attach, that's why there is that 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 term rhino. There's not really a term like that. There's not a you know, it's not dino. Democrat in name only. Do you think so? But I don't think it's as effectively used. It was a big term in Obama's administration. Well, it's called blue dog Democrats, not dino. It's called blue dog. Okay. That's the word. Dino's not used, but blue dog was when, back when Obama was president, a lot of Democrats were like Democrats in name only, which was, they they were called the blue dog party. So it's like kind of a different sect. And they they even refer to themselves as blue dogs because they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a little bit different. Um, because you don't, a, a rhino is kind of like, you don't want to be called a rhino as a Democrat or as a Republican. No, no. Whereas you saw Democrats claiming it. They'd be like, yeah, you know what? We're Democrats yeah. in name. We're different. We're, we have these different ideas. Um, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, I think politics are going to be politics. Um, and I, I think that we have to really just be careful with voting because the only way Donald Trump wins in 2024 is voter suppression. Ironically, you know, he talks about voter fraud and this and that. And I, I hate to be, you know, hate to be a conspiracist here, but I'm not even, it's not even conspiracy. They suppress black black and brown people right to vote. Um, we saw it in Texas and, and we could see it in, in, in the 2024 election because one thing that I think just got rejected, if I'm not mistaken, was, was making um, election day a national holiday. Yeah. And it was, it was rejected by, I think, three Republicans, yeah. which is like, why? Why, why would you, what, like, I can't even see the argument for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is, what is your argument? Where is your analytical like data where it's, It's, it's what's the argument? The argument is that working class Americans, they can't afford to skip work. And a lot of working class Americans are Democrats. That's the argument because they think that working, because if, if you're rich, right, if you're like, if you don't have to work every single day at a, you know, in in a blue collar job, you can afford to skip work. But if you're mm-hmm. if you're a blue collar worker and you're probably gonna be Democrat, then would you, you say can't... you have more autonomy the more money you have? Yeah, you definitely have autonomy. You okay. definitely have autonomy, and that's nobody's disputing that. What I'm saying is, I, I see your smirk over there. If you guys could see, David's I'm just smirk. being, I'm just being such a happy socialist listening no, to no, everyone right now. I'm just, I'm just saying that the the strategy behind it is sound. Like for them, yeah. it's very sound, but it's not ethically, obviously, not right. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. There's no, like, you can't go to, I don't think that there's any constituents that are like, we don't want a holiday. We don't want an extra holiday. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is, what are they telling their constituents? They're just like, no, we don't want to, we just, we just don't like, 
working class Americans. Like there is no political argument, if you get what I'm saying. Then again, most of the constituents don't watch the news. And if they do, it's Fox News and Fox News will not report that. Yeah. So that's the yes. thing. Because yes. I think we know about it since we look at the news. We watch a couple episodes of maybe C-SPAN. Like sometimes I watch C-SPAN. I look at New York Times. But Republicans, they watch Fox News 24-7 and Fox reports what they want to hear. So I think yeah. it's like no matter what they do, it's not going to affect the party as long as one guy supports it. That's Trump. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that I think that it's ridiculous that voting you know election day isn't a national holiday i think that it's it's ridiculous how difficult it is to vote in a lot of states um i think that georgia is going to be one of those one of those states that if people but i also i'm also kind of thankful in in certain respect for the 2020 election um because i think that it in in the 2016 election i guess more so than the 2020 election because i think people saw how fragile democracy is and and how 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 much of a of a right it really is to vote like yeah. i don't think anyone will ever take that for granted anymore um i think that a lot of people are now seeing that like holy crap like if i do not express myself on a ballot i will we can literally lose what is america and that's for both republicans and and democrats to be fair i think republicans also now kind of face that same that same opinion but but more so with democrats where it's like man we could really we could really lose everything uh that we stand for um now the only question is are democrats going to be able to vote you know because if it's one thing to be like i i have to vote i want to vote but I have work every single day of the week. And if I miss one day of work, then, you know, and I have to worry, wait an eight hour line. So I have to miss a whole day of work if I want to vote. Now we can't um, mail because Republicans won't allow us to do mail-in. Yep. Yep. So, so. it's going to, that's, that's the thing. We just have to, that's something that we have to be careful on. And I think that's something that uh, me and you should definitely use our platform for. It's good. It's got to be voting rights. It's got to be voting rights. Yeah. And I think we'll do some stuff, um, you know, kind of to end off like in the next couple of months and weeks. Uh, to help alleviate some issues like for yeah. example our tour drive every single december helps alleviate poverty in our area not in the way of like giving people more money but it's in the way of helping them see the some hope in the future because right yeah. now we have a tour drive every single december where we give low-income families in our area 40 or not 40 but 80 or more toys like last december where we just mm -hmm. help them have some fun and provide for their children on christmas or whatever yeah. holiday to celebrate so i think it's more than alleviating poverty, it's more giving them some hope for the future. So I think we're going to keep doing stuff like that, which we can do in our circles. We have an amazing network of supporters like you guys and also like of people like Blair Erskine and Peter Legrand who helped us make the toy drive last year. So yep. it's, it's been a blessing. Like I had an essay for um, the University of Michigan uh, and it was talking about what is your community? And I answered it with the mothers who supported our interview with Dr. Bearden talking about a school mask mandate. Um, the 4,500 people who supported our petition to expel Ernest Kluwer, like J J June 5th of, of 2020. The yeah. so many people who we met at the county courthouse uh, during your speech to the school, uh, the Board of Education, who, you know, greeted us and were like, you're politicine. Like we had yeah. a standing there because of our podcast and we talked to Daniel Blackman and just people who were just excited to see us there. So I think we've developed some kind of a community around us. And I think yeah. using that community for change has been something I wanted to do for a long time. And we're going to definitely do that over the next couple of months. And I'm pretty excited for it. We're back. Yeah. We're back, baby. We're back. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated on 
on the GoFundMe. If you guys do want to support that toy drive, it's gonna we're gonna get it situated in the next couple of days here. Um, but if you guys want to stay, you know, up to date with everything that you're doing, you guys can check out our so look at listen to listen to this transition. I'm back, baby. If you guys want to stay up to date with everything you're doing, we're doing that is, uh, you guys can check out our social media. That's at Politicine Show on Instagram and Twitter. Come back once a week. That's what we're gonna shoot for. We're going to try to promise you guys weekly episodes. Um, we'll get a schedule. We'll get everything set up. But we're just happy to be back for right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, from from me, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Polititeen, the first one in a while. Uh, Varun, you got anything to say? Thank you. And we made it. We're back. And stay tuned. Yeah. Again, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Polititeen podcast. Goodbye.